Welcome to the Down Slope Podcast. I'm Ewan and tonight, once again, joined by Greg and Harry. Hello. And tonight we'll be reviewing the 2-2 draw at home against Celtic from Saturday, as well as previewing a double header week at home to St. Johnston and also Dundee again in the League Cup, as well as we will also have the next instalment of Harry's High B Quiz, where I look to claw back quite a considerable deficit. So it's only two. <laughs> <laughs> it feels a lot more. And speaking of two, two points dropped on Saturday, Harry. I um, it's brutal. Uh, we've we've been having um, covered debates in the group chat, obviously about the game. Um, I personally think that it was two points stolen as opposed to two points dropped. Um, I think first half we came up with a game plan just frustrate Celtic. Um let them have the ball and keep them uh, out and shooting from long range and let Rocky deal with it, and he done that fine. Um, apart from the one moment from Porteous where he let Lax out and he nearly scored in the first half, I thought we were really solid. Um, second half, we turned up a couple of gears and we just went at them. I don't think that they were prepared for it at all. Um, Nisbet kind of came to life in the second half, stonewall penalty for our one, um, and then Nisbet finally got back on the score sheet. Great um, finish for his goal. That was a super goal. Um, and then there's not often players can or people can impact the game without touching the ball. Like you get your likes of like Maldini with his positioning and Schweinsteiger and with his tracking. But Bobby Madden for Celtic in the last 10 minutes without touching the ball was unbelievable. That penalty awarded was sensational for Celtic. And the fact that they took a free kick, terrible free kick, Duffy just threw Mackie to the ground and then they got to retake the free kick straight over my head I was absolutely livid at full time I think that we deserved a victory I think it was taken off us and two points dropped Greg let's get let's get the polar opposite view shall we okay so here we go absolutely two points dropped um, first half we'll, we'll go to that first of all um, frustrated Celtic yes possibly um, could have had a penalty ourselves but it wasn't to be. Um, so the the defence were okay in the first half. I thought we were quite quite solid at times, but I felt sometimes they were getting them behind. But that that then you go to the second half, you get two goals. You know, for the life of me, I don't know why we then just decide to to sit in and invite the pressure. Um, but the two goals we conceded from a defensive point of view are unacceptable. The first one, coaches really should be dealing with that a lot better. The second one, where do you start? We've given away a stupid free kick out wide. Yes, Madden has allowed the free kick to be retaken. <clears throat> but why don't we just defend it properly like we should be doing? You know, you can say, oh, Bobby Madden done this and Bobby Madden done that. But at the end of the day, we've not defended the corner, the, the free kick properly. You know, it all comes out of Handlin's clearance, just sliced it right to lax out. Taking that away for lax out, great finish. But for me, in those two positions, we should be doing so much better defensively than we are. And we've horsed two points away, eh, horsed, eh, 
cost two goals and, and two points at the end of the day, and we've only put a point and we probably deserved three. Yeah, I think for me, just we'll stay on the subject of centre half slash ref and the sort of three players combining to cost us the two points if you want. I think in the first half, you, you touched on it there, nobody, nobody wanted a penalty for Ayer's block um, that hit his body and then hit his hand. And However, when you see the penalty that's given against Paul McGinn, then Hibbs should have had a penalty in the first half. It's, it's, it's that simple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, that, it's that obvious. The penalty... It's all, it's all about consistency. There's never any consistency this is yeah, and I don't. Shame for Paul McGinn as well, eh? Because that's the second penalty that's been awarded against him that wasn't a penalty because it was one against Hearts as well. Where he done nothing wrong, the penalty yeah. over against him. Justice for McGinn. I think like I don't even think with the new rules that's a handball because he's still it's sort of he's ha- is he not still sort of in the t-shirt line that they sort of talk about now and hits. they make the rule up as they go along. The natural but, position they go on about. Like, well, mate, even if it's natural position, is it has to be within a certain radius. The thing is, for me, like I don't care yeah, what rule you follow as long as you stick to the same rule for the one game. And he didn't do that. That's why I'm annoyed with him. Aye, and then so I've rewatched the the second goal, and I'm not not entirely sure on the ruling, but Mackie gets floored just before. Or the ball's hit. But Madden doesn't stop to deal with that until after the ball's hit. So surely that then becomes, if there's a decision to be made, it's free kicks hips. If the ball is in play, it needs to be whistled dead by the referee before a decision's made. So because he's fouled them and the ball's in play, like the movement of the foul, if that makes sense. So he'd started pushing him down and after the ball was kicked is when he actually shoved him to the floor. And, um, so because that down, carried I, I, I watched it again. Mackie was down before he kicked it, but he didn't flag it until after like the ball was on its way into the box when he blew the whistle to stop it. But either way, <laughs> I don't think... Either way, it shouldn't have been a re- the, David, of the David Gray one... As that is a free kick, but yeah, right. the free kick that led to that, I think Celtic horsed it in the box. It was Mackey who got booked, and it's never. Ah, a... he won the ball, didn't he? He wins the ball, but Matt Tom Rogers, eh, no, 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 Rogers. I think it was Beaton started screaming, and that's why he's given it. Jumps five hundred yards in the air, and then. The ball's crossed in, Hibs steal with it, David Gray, clumsy free kick, and then obviously Hanlon squaffs it. And for me, it's like on both goals, Hibs make an error in terms of Portress on the first one, Madden compounds it. On the second one, Madden makes an error, Hanlon compounds it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really have it both ways. Like, if you're blaming the defence then you have to say that the second goal is on Madden because he shouldn't, they shouldn't be retaking it. If you're blaming the ref, then, you know what I mean? Like, because on each occasion, the initial error has come from a different party. It's frustrating because Porches had a couple of slight moments on the ball, but we defended excellently that game. Marciano got man in the match. What, because he saved shots for 25 yards out? Like... 
not one save would you even say Marciano made a very good save. He made he makes TV saves all the time. Does he? He makes a wee TV save. Like he just he makes saves that you'd expect him to make. Celtic created nothing in the first half and they created nothing in the second half until they got the penalty. And Jack Ross touching it after the game. At 2-0, until that penalty, if there was another team scoring, it was Hibs. Like, the people saying, that, oh, Jack Ross can't manage a game. Oh, we sat in. We never sat in. We still looked a threat. Uh, we sat in all game. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, we sat in all game. We never changed when we went 2-0 up. And we looked more of a threat than Celtic. And they say Jack Ross can he manage a game. He doesn't control Paul Hanlon squaffing it with his weak foot. And he doesn't control Ryan Porteous hooking it up in there. And he doesn't control Bobby Madden having a stinker. And I've been very critical of Jack Ross recently and saying that his big game record isn't there. But he's very clearly got a game plan and. 99.9% of it was perfect, other than individual errors, again, like Aberdeen cost us. But, and he touched on it on the pre-match conference on Friday. We went to Celtic Park and played center, like really good football in the first half, but we never had any foundation to take anything from the game. Because Celtic went 1-0 up after five minutes. And obviously we were talking um, on Saturday at half-time and you were both very critical of Hibs on the ball. And don't get me wrong, Hibs, we weren't great on the ball in the first half, but the first half gave us the foundation to go on and get something from that game. Hibs, people saying Hibs were woeful in the first half. Hibs were not woeful in the first half. We had some half chances and could have been better on the ball. But Celtic had, what, 70, 80% of the ball and didn't cut us open once. So then, for me, that's a, that's a game plan and that's a game plan working. Don't know what he's made of that. For me, I think the frustrating thing is I feel like sometimes we just gifted possession too easily. We didn't get our foot on the ball. We didn't make things happen. I think we were almost not too eager to give the ball up, but just accept that you weren't going to play around Celtic or anything like that. I would have liked to see us get our foot on the ball and, and relax a bit more. Just just, just going back to the whole sitting in piece, so I don't know how you feel, but I feel like in games we do towards the end of the game, just totally sit back sometimes when there's really not a lot of need for it. I mean, if we kept going on Saturday, I reckon we would have got a third. But almost felt like we naturally just sat back and let Celtic come at us. I don't know, I don't know how used to seeing it, but certainly from my point of view, that, that's the way I kind of looked at that. Me personally, not trying to throw him under the bus because can I just say I've been critical of him for a few weeks now, but I'm a massive Ryan Poaches fan. I think there's a brilliant player there. But um, I think sitting back's fine if you've got a competent defence that can do it. But with Ryan Poaches at the moment, I don't think he can be trusted. I think he needs a proper wake up call because that's another like the, as soon as we scored, they went up the other end and he half dead award outside the box and gave away a free kick in a brilliant position. Yeah. Then for this first goal, goodness knows what he's doing. Gives away, and I'd say that was a sitter for Laxalt in the first half as well. I think Porteous was our worst player again. And at the start of the season, it was it him and Hanlon who were our best player. And of late, Porteous is just struggling. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if the Scotland call it's just got to his head or something because since then he's not been the same player and he's definitely not getting called up anytime soon. Uh, and can McGregor, is there trust issues with him and Ross? Because I don't understand how Ross doesn't see the fact that Porteous needs dropped. Like, for me, you can't make 
you can't give away on average two clear-cut chances a week and not get dropped. I just it doesn't make sense to me. But in answer to Greg's question, I think I'm more than happy because if you take away the Aberdeen game, Motherwell game, um, and for a lot of people the Hearts game, I think that defensively we've looked solid the entire season. And we're now officially, I would say, a difficult team to beat, which is something we've not said about Hibs in a while. So I don't actually mind sitting in because I think they've got reliable options to do that. But if Porches doesn't wake up and start playing like he can, I don't think that we should do that. We should actually attack instead. Yeah, I think like, so to touch on the defence first, I think in previous games we have been guilty of sitting back um, towards the end of games. But we have seen the games out. Like we were, we were talking about this, and you go on Twitter after the game, and it's all, oh, Jack Ross can't see a game out. Well, two weeks ago, we were sitting saying that all we're doing is sort of seeing games out, and we're not going out and like pumping a team. We seen out an away win at Kelly. We seen out Kelly first game of the season. We seen out St Mirren away. Like the far, this, the where we are in the table right now has been built on. A strong defence and yeah look for, in fact for 90 minutes of that game we defended well you can defend well with players making individual errors they're too like as a unit Hibs defended well Celtic didn't I don't even did Celtic even have a shot inside the box other than the penalty like no, I can remember like so to say we didn't defend well is a fucking nonsense like Celtic Playing well or not, have Ryan Christie, Odson Edward, Lee Griffiths, Ajeti, uh, El Yunusi, Callum McGregor. That's, more, that's Tom Rogic. Like, was he even playing at the weekend? Like, that's more than enough to cut a team open. And Hibs literally stopped them from having a. It's, off the top of my head, I don't even remember if Celtic had a shot inside the box. So to say that Hibs didn't defend well at the weekend and that Paul Hanlon and that you're never going to succeed. We're a point off Aberdeen who's game in hands at Celtic Park and as we've seen they routinely get pumped in Glasgow. Like, we are in the position we're in in the league just now because of defensive strength. And, yeah, I think we have almost been too reliant on the defence this season. And two individual errors have cost us two goals. But we still defended well. You know I, mean? I, I guess the frustrating thing as well is that it was the same against Aberdeen. Uh-huh. You know, two defensive errors. You mean, you've chucked the points up there as well, and you're thinking, well, you know, as, as a whole, we're defending well, but it's these individual errors that are crucifying us. Yeah, I mean, they, they have obviously, in the last two league games, they have sort of snuck back in a wee bit, and I think that is what's been eradicated the most over yeah. this season. Um, I think that's. Possibly what's come to the forefront as well over the last two games, you know, it's, it's quite apparent that these mistakes are creeping back in. And that's why folk are frustrated. I was frustrated on Saturday night because we didn't see the game out, but we didn't see the game out because of the two individual errors. It's not because Jack Ross can't see the game out. You know, Jack Ross isn't in the back four, you know. And unfortunately, there's been two individual errors that, that are very frustrating. I don't think that you, yeah, like, I don't, to say that we couldn't see the game out, or, well, obviously we didn't. At the, at the end of the day, we didn't see the game out. It finished 2 2. Yeah. But the, 
to the argument of oh, we retreated back, we managed the full game. We didn't, and even at the start of the second half, at no point did we go gung ho. It was still very yeah. much. I felt like the first ten minutes of the second half, we probably dominated a lot of the ball. But I would probably say even by the time the second goal came, Celtic yeah. started to get a foothold in the game. More. And Hibs were happy to let Celtic do that. And we, and at the end, of, like it's hard to obviously say like, we did. Look, we dropped two points, and it was because individual errors. But if Ryan Porches and Paul Hanlon get better connections on clearances, we win 2-0. Or if yeah. Bobby Madden is competent, we win 2-0. <laughs> so to say that, oh, Ryan Porches and Paul Hanlon, aren't they, like, you're never going to finish third because you've got Ryan Porches and Paul Hanlon at centre-back. Well, we're a point off third. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we should be getting into that territory where we're... We're saying, oh, if you if you've got Ryan Poulos and Paul Hanlon, you you won't finish third when they've possibly been the third best pair in, in the league this year. Aye, um, after after Aberdeen and Rangers, we've got the best defence in the league. Yeah. Now it's so, uh, it's wrong. Uh, it's it, it hurt watching the game at the weekend. Like it it is it, it's shit. Like to be two 0 up against the champions and draw two two. But to I, this I point, thought. I thought we scored the second goal at the perfect time, just when they were starting to get it, and we yeah. took the wind right out of our sails, and, and then we kind of let them come on at a game. But, I but, think we know, had felt it where we wanted them, the full game. Yeah. I, I think if you had been in that team talk before the game, I think, and you could tell from Jack Rossi's pre-match interview on, on the Friday, we were not going to come out of the traps firing or like we weren't going to be bombing, bombing forward. And probably the team selection does impact that a wee bit. I liked the team. It was the team that last week I pretty much said I would like to see. Yeah. Obviously our hand was forced with Deutsch being unavailable. But with one up front, you, you can't be as gung-ho. And, but in the, let's not forget in the first half, Boyle was through and sort of dallied a wee bit and his shot got blocked. Newell, if he gets a better as well. Sorry? I think Boyle had a header as well. Yeah, he had a header as well. Like, Newell, if he gets the ball out of his feet, has a very good opportunity, which is mm. apparently an unbelievable chance because that's all Celtic were doing, is shooting for the edge of the box. Mm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, Hibbs' defence is terrible. Two individual mistakes, is, and look, it's extremely frustrating, but to say, oh, Paul Hanlon and Ryan Porteous aren't going to get you fired, or Paul Hanlon and Ryan Porteous, we're never going to progress with this back four, or Paul McGinn's no good enough. I've seen that plastered all over Twitter. What the fuck? It's not funny, but Paul McGinn, again, like, you don't notice him because he just does his job. <laughs> just because he's no... Bombing Busting his buzz to 80 yard runs into the back post to tap it in. Like, it doesn't mean to say that he's not a good player. He's solid defensively. We've got a good defensive base to build on. If we could cover these errors, hmm. you know, it's you, you, probably, you probably get a point at Aberdeen. You get three points on a Celtic. Nobody's complaining then. Aye. It's, it's, it's really frustrating. Um, it is, it's individual errors and you, players do should be held accountable for that but yeah. I think to criticise the defensive unit overall 
is a bit out of order. Harry, obviously, me and Greg have had a bit of a rant there. No, no. Um, just a, a couple things to slightly change up the subject. Singling out one person. Um, obviously, they equalised in the last minute. But I actually think the best chance of the game fell just after that, and it's kind of getting brushed aside because of how late it was. Mackie in the last second, if that chance falls to any other Hibs player, you're quite confident that that's a goal. About seven yards out and he's blasted it over. For me, he needs to at least hit the top. I'm not blaming him because it was on his weak foot. He's obviously a left back and it's fallen on his weak foot. But in the heat of the moment, obviously, like everybody was still fuming and miling about the goal but that was a massive chance and again that would then pick up the two points that we dropped and speaking of Mackie I think that Doig is going to struggle to get back in the team over him because I thought Mackie was superb and um, Frimpong the first time we played Celtic absolutely dominated us that game there was kept quiet the entire game so it's good that we've got options at left back obviously we've had Lewis Stevenson for years, so. <laughs> I think. nice that we've not got package Abbey there instead I think for me like yeah, Mackie was, for me, Mackie was probably man of the match for me. Um, again, nothing spectacular, but like you say, Frimpong and sort of Christie was sort of playing tight off the right and he dealt with a, yeah, look, I, I think there was a very clear instruction I, what from watching the game was, let them shoot for 20 yards, we'll back Marciano. And I think a lot of the time, Mackie has had Christie squaring up to him or ha- and Frimpong's been going on the overlap and he's went with Frimpong which has maybe meant that Celtic have been able to cut in and have a shot. Like, for me, Mackie was very good and I think the chance at the end is it's a massive chance but I, I think the angle on the replay was quite poor. I think the Celtic players got a touch on it and it's almost hit Mackie's shin. I think. I, I don't know if I've... I, don't, I, I, I think I sort of seen that and it looked like um, I think Beaton just got a flick on it. But again, I don't think that should take away from Sean Mackey's performance. Um, I agree. I, obviously, I wanted him in the team. Uh, Greg was sort of, you were happy to give him a chance. Harry, you were probably of the three as the one that was like, why, 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 why the fuck would we play Sean Mackey? Um, but for me, yeah, I totally agree. I think he is now, with Stevenson being injured and Doig had struggled a wee bit recently, I think Mackey has the left-back jersey. And until... I guess until he makes a mistake, like until he does something to be out the team, then then he's got that left back spot. Um, Greg Sean Mackey for you, um, be impressed. But obviously, it's the first time he started a league game in what probably since yeah, I boxed him last year. Um, very impressed with him. To be fair, um, I, I like his physicality. You know, I like he's quite a big lad, and, and he will put himself about. We touched on the beat on tackle there. I thought it was an excellent tackle. You know, he's not shied away from it. You know, absolutely love the left-backs flying into tackles like Ian Murray used to do. Um, but now, nah, look, I, I was impressed with him. I thought, coming into the game, is he going to be shaky because he's not played? We were worried about that, obviously. We know what Celtic, uh, Celtic's firepower is like. But I think he proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and I think he's, he's possibly proved to himself that you know, he can do it and he can make that left-back spot his own and I think he absolutely deserves now to be in the team for, for a very extended period of time after that performance at the weekend. Yeah, so we have touched on it and people have been very critical of the defence and I think that Mackie chance shows that if that goes in, 
Nobody's saying Paul Hanlon and Ryan Porteous are the reason we're not going to finish third. And two things that we've spoke about recently is where are we in comparison to Aberdeen and Jack Ross in big games? So, and I think I've probably been waving the flag of Jack Ross can he do in big games. I think Saturday probably shows that he can and that it is maybe just that um, the actual numbers maybe don't back him up in that sense. I think the Aberdeen and Hearts ones are obviously um, like black marks, but to at the end of the day, to no other team in the league so, is probably going to get points at home to Celtic and Rangers in the first games against them this season. And we are also five points clear on the United and fifth with a game in hand. Eight points clear to Kelly. So if we can beat St Johnston tomorrow night, on Tuesday night, we'll be comfortably in fourth place, um, temporarily in third. Aberdeen play St Mirren or Hamilton on Wednesday. And then you would also only be two points off of Celtic, albeit they would have two games in hand. But as mentioned, Aberdeen is going to be one of them. So, like, you know, I mean, they're going to take points off each other. Where is this Hibs team? Is it performing above, below, or sort of where you would expect it to be just with the last couple of weeks? Because we did also mention before the Kilmarnock game, if we can take six points out of Kelly, Aberdeen, Celtic, and at the time Motherwell, because the St. Johnson game then got moved into Tuesday night, six points would be okay from the, that running four games. Say you bump that up to nine points out of the five, including the St. Johnson game. If we can beat St. Johnson, that takes us on to seven already. Are you still happy with the way that this team's going along and how are we performing against expectation? I think because we're sitting here disappointed again with a point at home to the old firm, I think that shows progress in itself. Like we say, we've beaten ourselves in recent weeks with individual errors, but other than that, you know, you've got Nisbet scoring after a, a, a tough period for him. Jimmy Murphy's chipping in the goals and and performing to a high standard. You've got boys coming back in the team who are really pushing for places. So I think at the moment we're in a good good space. The results might not show that, but I think at the moment we're in a good space and we've we've got the right tools to kick on. Well, I think according to Twitter, Hibs should win every single game from now until the end of time. So I think we're definitely below expectations. But um, in my opinion, I think that um, being as happy clapper as I am, I think that I try and be as positive as possible. So for me, I think we should be pushing third, fourth, that kind of area. So I think we are about where we should be. Um, if we were comfortably in third, which is really frustrating because if we beat Celtic and if we beat Ross County in the game, we'd drop to two points. We'd actually be above Celtic at the moment, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, I think um, I've, I've no complaints about how the season's gone so far. Obviously, there's a frustration of getting beat by Hearts in the Cup when you're in the semi-final. But apart from that, I think we've had as good a season so far as we could add. Yeah, I think obviously we played 14 games and won seven. So we've got a 50% win ratio. I think if you win for Hibs, what, 19, 19 wins that would you be looking at? Just under 60 points and chucking your draws in there. You're, you're probably on course to finishing exactly where you want to be. And I think if we finish anywhere below fourth now, the season's going to be 
Hell yeah. Massive, a massive, massive disappointment, really, because I'm not being funny. Everyone outside the top four is shy, really. Like, 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 let's be honest. Like, if we drop points in any game, like you said, in the Ross County game, that's more frustrating than it's frustrating losing to Aberdeen and you're really angry at the time and you're, you're frustrated dropping the two points against Celtic. But dropping that the points at Ross County, um, is that the only game outside of the top four that we've in Motherwell at home? Like, they. Obviously, like, oh, it's the proverbial tricky place to go up to Dingwall and, like, Motherwell are a decent team, but outside this range of Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, like, how are Dundee United fifth? Yeah, they, actually, they actually seem to have done nothing for weeks. Aye, like, they just keep coming from behind to win, don't they? That, like, like, they've done nothing for weeks. I, I honestly haven't seen them win, I don't think, for weeks. Then they I beat, thought Dundee United were bang out of form. I'd bagged Hamilton. That's it. Like I'd backed Hamilton to go to Dundee United and get a, to get a point. I had it on, and Hamilton just shipped eight at Ibrox. So that shows how much I've thought of Dundee United. Like I just, if we, I don't think we will. I think we will finish at worst fourth. But I don't see, and this is where see now, and people are saying I think after this is why we won't finish third when we when we play Dross County. I'm starting to come round to that way of thinking. I think Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen and us will beat everyone else. I think there's going to be as big a gap between whoever finishes fourth and fifth as the gap, if not a bigger gap, than second and third. I think Hibs and Aberdeen will be closer to Celtic and Rangers this season than Kelly, Dundee United, Motherwell will be to Hibs and Aberdeen. I'd re- I'd really I really think. I think third and, and fourth and first and second will, will pull away for for the pack, and there'll be there will be a big gap. But that's because they've all started taking points of each other, whereas with quite consistently the top four are taking points most weeks. I I still think that in theory. Aberdeen or Hibs, if they can get a really decent run of form, like see the run of games we just had there against all the big teams, there's no reason why this season can't be the one to challenge. The only thing is, I think that Rangers look really dominant. I think Celtic on paper looked great at the start of the season, but now the cracks are really starting to show. Um, But I think Rangers are a very, very scary looking team. And the problem with Gerard Reign so far is the fact he's not really brought in quality depth to back up the first team, but they've probably got as good a like, second 11 as they do a starting 11 now. So I think Rangers will pull away a lot easier than the rest of the pack will. But I think second, I don't see why we can't contest for second unless Celtic make chop and change really quickly. I guess the obvious I guess, answer, I guess the obvious answer to that is shipping two goal leads to Celtic at home. <laughs> I'm still blaming Bobby. <laughs> That's Bobby Madden's fault. We only have him every week. I think um, the difference with Celtic and the rest of the league is they can go out in January and spend 10 million quid easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish we could do that. Yeah. All I'm really wanting for Christmas this year is Scott Allen back. Uh, I think I think just touching on what uh, what Harry what Harry said, Rangers. I think Rangers have now got what Celtic had under Rodgers. I think. Aye. There's definitely like that sort of fear factor when you go to play Rangers. I think we done very well against them, and Livy, I think 
would still been early in the season. Livy were obviously buoyed by the having a good record against them. Sort of probably like what we have when Celtic comes to Easter Road. Like, no, that I don't think Rangers have won too often at Ammonville. But other than that, nobody's got close to them. Like, what was it? 4 0 to beat Aberdeen at the weekend. Four, yeah, Aberdeen, that's not a bad Aberdeen team. Like, and I think I think now teams have what going eyebrows what Celtic Park was, and I think just while Celtic remain under Lennon, Celtic are having what Rangers had maybe first year under Gerrard. You're looking at them going, yeah, we can get at them. Like we like we like when they come to our place, going to Celtic Park is a different story, but when they come to our place, we can get at them. And Hibs showed that at the weekend. Aberdeen showed it. At, Celtic have shipped five goals in the last two away games that's not very much like Celtic and I would agree I think second place is there but I would also say that for the reasons that Greg stated I would expect that Celtic if they don't strengthen in January then this could be one of the worst seasons in I don't want to say history but it's a massive season for them and if they if they throw it away then it's mad but I'm, I'm confident that if Hibs can just keep beating the teams that we should be beating. And we now have a run of games where the next five league games, like it's Hibs, so we only. But there's no reason we can't take 15 points for the next five league games. Like, there's, there's no reason why we can't. And to be fair, other than this drop point at home at Motherwell and drop point at Ross County, we have done that this season. Beat the teams that we should be beating. Because the next five you've got, off the top of my head, you've got Hamilton away. Obviously not in the right order, but St. Johnson at home, Motherwell away, Hamilton away, uh, Dundee United at home, and Libby at home, I think. Five games that you really should win and chuck in the Dundee game in the cup. And obviously this week we have St. Johnson at home and we have Dundee at home at the weekend in the League Cup again. So we will park the Celtic game and we will move our focus onto this week's action and see if we can get three points and also a place in the League Cup quarterfinals I believe it will be so Harry St Johnston on Tuesday night do you want to see more of the same from Hibs or a little bit different well as we all know whoever plays at home in this fixture is cursed Hi. so I, I'm not expecting a victory. I will take a draw in this game. Um, I quite liked the way the team shaped um, without having two up top, to be honest. It was nice just to see it freshened up a bit, but I don't know if that would work against a team like St. Johnston, who have, like they started the season off quite poorly, but they've found their form in recent weeks, I'm sure. But Because um, they got a draw against Motherwell last time out, uh, which is quite impressive. Um, but it's difficult to say. I wouldn't be surprised to see us kind of revert back to the 4-4-2 and try and go at them a bit and just because I think the main thing we need is just to get a lead and hold on to it and win a game I can it sounds obvious but the biggest thing in football to get your confidence back is to get that victory and get the three points on the board because um, when was the last time we won at Easter Road feels like it's been ages no, since we were, like if you take away the League Cup because the League Cup doesn't count um, <laughs> I, was but, the same. Yeah. I was actually thinking I was thinking the same thing going into into the game of the weekend, but apparently we were three unbeaten at home going into that. Um, but I'm assuming that meant included the Dundee game. And to be fair, more than anything else, it's, I was more just thinking, when the fuck was the last time we played at home in the league? 
Uh, and I think Greg's right. I think it was Hamilton uh, before before. Done, a, done our best to make an ass of that as well. And, like um, <laughs> we're in the middle of a. We've obviously got three games in the spin at home here. If you include the previous Dundee game, obviously two of them in the League Cup, we've got four games at home in a row. But it does feel like we've hardly played at Easter Road this year. But we are four unbeaten at home. But I think the last win in the league at home would have been. Hamilton, and I think that could have been the last home league game before Celtic. Yeah, it just feels like we've kind of been like I've not really been that into these League Cup games as you all well know. So, um, I it feels like ages since we've had a home game. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to say we should be able to walk out there comfortably and take the three points. But there is something against St Johnston at home that just doesn't work out for us. So, hopefully, we can break the curse and get the three points. Is my thinking. Um, yeah, I think I think four four two for me. Um, I feel like sometimes Nisbet was a wee bit isolated up front. Um, I kind of did miss Dodge doing the dirty work. Um, but yeah, look, I think pretty much the left side picks itself with Mackie and Murphy. I think they, they both deserve a start. Um, yeah, I would maybe I would maybe like to see a four four two and, and let's just go at them. You know. I'd, don't think they're anything great at the back. So, you know, why not get a bit of pressure on them and, and see if we can, as Harry says, break the curse and, and get three points. Because I've seen some horrific games at home at St Johnston where we have just been woeful. I mean, it's the last minute. Like it, it's the last minute. Was it the centre, isn't it? For, I mean, oh. St Johnston's just late goal central. And obviously we benefited up in mm-hmm. Paisley up in Perth um, with Marlon's penalty and then St Johnson routinely score last minute goals at Easter Road it's it's, it's mad really when you, you know what I mean when you think about it that when was when would the last time a home team won this fixture because we didn't we only, played them, to be fair. Well, we only played them once at Easter Road last year and it was a draw and we that, that was under heck yeah where we were we were 2 up aye and we we beat, we beat them away. We beat them away. Um, and like then the before, scored. The season before that, uh, when we were in Cullen, we never, I, we never, we never beat them at home. We only played them the three times, but we beat them away twice. We definitely mm. beat them away towards the end of the season under Hecky. And at the start of that season, we drew. I think Ollie Shaw scored. An equaliser. Um, aye, so. Because I mind the first season back up, we drew as well. We drew 1 1. I think that was very early on in the season. Yeah, in Perth, we drew 1 1. Uh, on goal. I Murray cut it back. On goal for us. I think, I think it was uh, maybe Paul Payton or something. Yeah, right and up. then Easter Road that season, they won. Shaughnessy. I can't. So basically, 87th minute or something. The late late show as usual. So basically, no. This team has neither this. The home team hasn't won in this fixture in about as long as the same with Edinburgh Derby, but uh, if no longer. Just looking at St John's, obviously, Harry, you touched on it. I'm finding a bit of form. So their their last two, four, six games here. Obviously, this is including League Cup, but. We'll work back to up to the weekend. So five three winners at Hamilton, 
drew 0-0 with Dundee United at home, then beat Kelly 1-0 at home. That's all in the league. Then in the League Cup, drew 0-0 at home with Dundee United again. Won 3-1 away to Peterhead and then drew with Motherwell at the weekend. So, I mean, there's not been a lot of goals in their league games since the Hamilton game. It was 0-0, 1-0, 1-1. Do you, do you see this being a tight game? And if, obviously, you've both mentioned that, um, well, sorry, Greg, you mentioned you'd like to see two up front. Harry, you've said you like the shape, but you don't know if that would work against St. Johnston. If Christian Doyle remains out, is this the perfect game to get Jamie Gullen in the team from the start? I would like to see Hibs go, even if he kept, I would like to see Hibs go 4-4-2 with Jamie Gullen. The only thing is Jamie Gullen plays on the left, so does Jamie Murphy. So I would like to see us, or somehow work it, that you've got Jamie Murphy, Boyle, Gullen and Nisbet all on from the start. And I'm going to be controversial and say we should drop Gogic to allow that and play Malin and Newell. I don't really, as much as St. Johnson will probably play a three, they're quite a good, they've not got that, normally they've got that, like Paul Payton in the middle of the park that smashes into folks. They've not really got that this season. Murray Davidson got stretched off at the weekend, so I don't think he'll be able to play. So you're looking at probably like Ali McCann, maybe Craig Bryson, I think he came on at the weekend. And probably David Witherspoon in the middle of the park. I think Joe Newell and Stevie Mallon, aided with Jamie Murphy, Jamie Gullen, Martin Boyle, Kevin Nisbet, can pass their way through that midfield. What What do you think? Uh, well, I just didn't understand why when a system, like having a player like Gogic in, which we've been crying out for, for years, why when it's worked against all the teams that are in the um, it's pretty much worked against every team just having that kind of presence there. Why would change it? Because it puts a lot of responsibility on Mule and Malin. So, because the thing is for me, that would like the thing me and you have been saying is the reason that Malin gets thrown under the bus so much is because he gets put in positions in which that's not his job and it's not where he thrives. So that would be expecting him to then take on half the Gogic role with Newell. So for me, that's it's potential to work out fine, but it is potential to launch Malin under the bus and reverse it over him three times. I'm just thinking because Gogic is pretty much the most advanced of the two when we play a two anyway. Joe Newell tends to deeper, but no, I, 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 to be honest, I don't see, I don't see, um, I don't see Gogic being dropped. And if Hibs are to go back to four four two, I'd imagine it'll be Stevie Malin that misses out. Probably quite harsh. I thought he'd done all right at the weekend. Um, I think everyone in the midfield done okay. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we didn't have much of the ball, but I don't think he gave the ball away any more than anyone else or kept it any more than anyone else. Um, for me, I think Jamie Gallen deserves a start. I really do. I think he deserves a start from in the league. He's done well in the League Cup. He's done well in flashes when he's come off the bench. And... I just think, see, when you switch to one up front to be play defensive against Celtic, if you continue with, say we played the exact same 11, which really you can't have that many arguments about because they played well. But are you, you're expecting the same team in the same formation three days later to be able to go flip the switch attack. You, you, you know what I mean? That's been drilled into them for a week leading up to the Celtic game to be solid to beat. They've probably had Sunday off, so they'll probably have maybe two training sessions max, say Sunday, Monday. 
is that enough time to say, right, we're going to play 4-5-1, but this time, right, we want Boyle and Murphy higher, Malin higher, we're going to do this. Or do you revert back to 4-4-2, a formation that has worked really well for us, like you said, in the games such as this already this season? Maybe you can't complicate things. You can't go from a defensive 4-5-1 all of a sudden, two days later, to one that is almost gung-ho in a way. You know, I think you need to have that balance where the players understand the different formations and the way that we play. I think for me, tomorrow night, a 4-4-2 is the best option for us. We're comfortable in it. Um, we, we are very good at failing that, a 3-5-2, which is everybody's favourite. No and I would, like, I would like to see that at Christmas as well. Um, open it up, just open it up. <laughs> listen, listen, if Elaine wants to sort out a three-five-two for Christmas, then batter on. But I think, um, I think four-four-two because we know the system; it's worked. We've scored goals. We've won games with that. Uh, you can't be shifting a, a four-five-one in between attack and defensive for me. So who comes in to play up front? Um, if anyone, or would it be maybe like a Boyle up front and then maybe like a Malin sort of shifts wide, or like who comes into that team for you? Doidge, if he's fit, let's work on the assumption that yeah. Christian Doidge isn't fit to start. Um, because if he's yeah. rolled his ankle and isn't fit for Saturday, is he going to be fit for Tuesday? Yeah, I think, I think for me, Gullum has, has played as ever a start. You know, he's a good striker's goal against Dundee, so I think him and this up front. Two live wires. I, I would like to see that. Really, inst- instead of at uh, the point I made earlier, was Doyle doing the dirty work instead of doing any dirty work? Why well, let's just pass it around them because we've got the ability to do that. We've got two two boys in the wing that great great crosses of the ball. Part of where Martin Boyle's putting the lazy balls in, looking for <laughs> corners all the time. But if, if you've got two boys in the wing that can really whip balls in and cause problems, and you've got two boys there that are, are made or tapping them in at the back post or making runs across defenders. So, yeah. Who would drop out go in that situation for you? So, which one in the... Who would drop out? I, I, I may have to say Malin, to be fair. Um, I think he's maybe a player that could come on possibly in the 70th minute. You know, maybe try and make a difference then, take Gogic off, look to, look to push Neil a bit further up. But Neil just sits and dictates now. He doesn't do anything else. Just sits and dictates other times. So, you need to try and force him up the park somehow with a big cigar. Uh, mind you've still got McGuinness as well, though. Um, Ross seems to be a big fan of him because obviously if you're brave enough to start him in the semi-final, then you're brave enough to start him against anybody. Thank you, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him. But is he? Yeah, I was working uh, off the assumption that he was still injured. That Ross said uh-huh. on... Jack Ross said on Friday before the Celtic game that he's injured uh, and it didn't appear to be that he's that much closer coming back. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's just been an aggravation of the... He didn't suggest it was long-term, but he also didn't give a time scale. So I'd be surprised if he's back to start at least uh, come Tuesday night. Well, that's me shot today. So what, 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 are you, what are you wanting on there? You want to just go now, Harry? That's, that's me done, eh? That's the pack the bags of So are you just in, sorry, 4-5-1, same team? I, I, don't, I don't see, if it's not broken, don't fix it type thing. Um, obviously, it kind of malfunctioned at the end, but that was mainly 
uh, Pochettino and Hanlon having goals each you try to give Celtic goals so apart from that I think it worked so yeah touching on that then you mentioned it earlier again it probably won't happen but should Darren McGregor come in for Ryan Pochas yes or no one more dancer for the period Aye. yes <laughs> I thought as much and to be honest I think I think yes as well and I'm going to elaborate and you, then we can have a discussion Ryan that was a one-word answer, no, no an essay on why Ryan Pochett <laughs> no, should be dropped. I think Stevie May is not much of a threat in there, which would obviously be McGregor's main strength over Pochett. But I think May is the type of defender that uh, striker that will try and drive at a centre-half and try and get isolated one-on-one. Ryan Pochett is absolutely humming one-on-one. He just he, it, he always has been. And it happened again in the first half against Celtic. He just dived in and totally sold himself and Christie just fuck he just knocked it to the you know what I mean it wasn't even it wasn't much skillful about it he just flicked it past him and I think that's probably Stevie May's best feature probably getting on the ball driving maybe popping off a one-two and looking to get in behind that way I don't see him being much an aerial threat so I don't know but I, I, I can't see Darren McGregor coming in but you never know I mean for, for me Johnson have always been quite a physical team. You know, I mean, if it was a, a heater between Darren McGregor and a jumbo jet, my money's on Darren McGregor every time. <laughs> you know, he's he's solid in the air, he's so strong. He, he's not he's not slow. You know, he's maybe not the quickest, but he isn't he isn't a slouch. I think that you know, Handlin's decided to be physical this season as well. So I think maybe matching up with Stevie May. With McGregor and Hanlon maybe being a bit more physical, whereas with Porteous seems to be um, noticed that in recent weeks seems to be looking to be touched in the box and going down, trying to buy free kicks. So no, I think that McGregor, you know, had a decent game against Dundee. So why not bring him back in? And I think Porteous can have time to reflect on the bench. It'd be interesting to just see what Jack what Jack Ross does in terms of that and score predictions. Well, I kind of sat on the fence last week and got splinters of Mars with a one-one. But I think this week I'm going to go for a three-one Hibs. And Harry, I believe in the curse. I'm going to go for two-two. I'm taking four-nil Hibs. Oh, okay. Curse broken. Smashed. Please put the pretty stick down and step away. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just think we've played it for weeks. We're due. I think we're due to put a few past someone, and think more four-one Dundee than four-one Levy. You know what I mean? We're. I think we'll score four goals, but by no means are well and truly pumping. Like, I think a couple of goals in the first half, maybe 2-0 up half-time, St. Johnson come out, we're right on the back foot. We kill it with a third goal, then Jamie Gullen comes off the bench and scores again. Something like that. Hopefully, I mean, I hope he starts, but I think, I just think we will, beat, I just think we'll beat them. And I'll be totally, and I think it's the attitude that, like, obviously fans' attitude doesn't impact it, but, we are better than St. Johnson. We are better than eight teams in this league. We are 
probably slightly worse than Aberdeen and a bit behind Celtic and Rangers. But we are better than the other eight teams in this league, and there is no reason that we shouldn't be beating them, especially at home. That you know what I mean? That's the problem. Uh, but then Pete Hibbs Pete Hibbs would be only picking up a few points over the next few games and going to Ibrox and winning comfortably on yeah. Boxing Day. That would just somehow write up. Well, that's and I think there'd be a lot of fans that would take that. I rightly or wrongly. I think right, rightly or wrongly, I think there's a lot of fans that would accept drawing at home at St Johnston and, like you say, maybe only taking nine, let's say nine points for the next five league games when really we should mm. be looking to take Maximum. Minimum, minimum 13. You know what I mean? Minimum mm. 13. Like, but I think there's maybe a lot of Hibs fans that would accept. I think there's a lot of Hibs fans that would even accept two wins and three defeats for the next five that meant going to Ibrox and winning. I genuinely do. And As long as it was a dodgy penalty decision <laughs> in our favour, then absolutely I would love that because all you'd see is Gerard Seed coming back. <laughs> I do think that's an interesting... And I think that comes down to the question we posed at the start of the season. How long would you take shite football if it gets results? Would you be okay with not winning the games you should win if it means getting one up over a rival? But in the long run, you've got less points. It's like, would you rather win, would you rather like draw two games but you never got beat or win one game and lose the other game but you got more points? That would be like the opposite. You'd maybe have less points but you beat Rangers. So what's better? I mean, to so, so be fair, I, I'm not... Telling Jack Goss to go and get beat the next five games and then win at Ibrox. I would like us to win them all from now until the end of the season, stop the 10th. But um, yeah. You I don't it. know. I, I just <laughs> think that. I, th- I think we've seen it before Aye. where Hibs have had a, a shocker. The one that sticks out to me was when we got beat 2 0 off Hearts at home, then went to Ibrox and won 3 0. John Rankin, Liam Miller, and Francis Dickel scoring the goals. Valdas Trakis was up front for us that night. What a player, like, How is that happening? What a player. No, but I think even as recently as. Was it Boxing Day we played them two years hey, ago? Hey, Dan McGregor goal. Was that Boxing Aye. Day? It was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Aye. Or it was around. Uh, like the 27th or Aye. something. As we know, we literally. Was it like the week before we played Celtic and beat them at Easter Road? And that was in like, that was literally the end of Neil Lennon phase. But we went and got four points at it, and then got beat by Hearts two days later. But we got four Usual. points at Old Firm. Like, so again, it wouldn't surprise you if we went to Ibrox. Well, it would surprise me if we went to Ibrox and won, but it wouldn't because Hibs. Just Hibs. But like we said, it's a double header this week. We've got Dundee at home in the League Cup. Again, I feel like we're just talking about Jamie Gullin scoring a great goal against Dundee. And Harry, will just come to you at the end because this is the don't give a fuck cup for you. But Greg, for me, this is a trophy that Hibs can win. Hibs should be looking to win. The group stages is done with now. And you've got a championship team at home to get into the quarterfinals. A championship team at home that Paul McGowan was slating them at the weekend. Did you read that? So... He, he was he was not happy. I read it today. Um, said they were shite. He literally said they were <laughs> shite. Saying that they're mutes. Things you love to hear before a game. So they'll win. They'll beat us comfortably. Um, but now, nah, look, do you know what? It's like take two almost. 
you're not going to expect anything different, are you? But so Dundee you think- are. are uh, it's, it's just a, a stuffy, shite game, to be honest. Aye. But at the same time, it's a cup. We're not in a privileged position like a Celtic fan said last night. They would support Celtic through thick and thin as <laughs> if there's any fucking shite times being a Celtic fan with a quadruple treble or whatever it is. So why why can we not go and win that cup we've not got the luxury of not winning cups like you know you can't just pick and choose cups you know, we should be looking to win anything no. i think I, I know i know that i know that harry is absolutely against that but at the same time you know <clears throat> we, we won the, the league cup 13 years ago now Fuck. that's crazy what a day like do you know what i mean like 13 and years since we last won it. Let's make it this year. So, Harry, we'll bring, we'll bring you so I bet you Harry would be buzzing if we did win it and he's sitting here saying it's a shite cup all the <laughs> way to the final. The thing for me is, I think at the moment, <laughs> from a completely selfish standpoint, I've seen us win the League Cup and I've seen us win the Scottish Cup. And I went away in Europe twice and I just want to go away in Europe again. So I think that Jack Ross's priority, I think that, for Jack Ross, I think before he leaves Hibs, I think he needs to establish us as a regular European football club. I think that's got to be his main priority. Now we've got the extra spot in the league, and obviously we can finish fifth. Um, for me, the Scottish Cup's another way to get into Europe, an even better European spot. The League Cup, it's, it was mainly the group stage. I think it should have been scrapped or just kept in like the lower league teams. It's just pathetic putting the top flight teams in it. Um, but for me, League Cup, it's just five extra games in which we could be tiring or injuring players that could be playing well in terms of getting us Europe. Because for me, the number one priority for me is Hibs getting Europe. Hibs could get relegated this season and win the Scottish Cup and I'd be happy with it as long as we get Europe. Again, that sounds daft. And the thing is for me as well, I would part of me would really hate to see Hibs win a cup and not us not be in there. Like well, part of me would die inside. Wouldn't the same be the, wouldn't it be the same for going to Europe? I but I'll be going in Europe anyway. Other countries will have different rules. I'll, I'll do my two-week quarantine when I'm back. I don't care, mate. <laughs> We're going to London next year anyway. That's basically That's all booked up. But for me, like, it's not getting to that stage yet, but if this whole fans can't be at the game hang, I, I think I will start to lose it a bit because there is times have score and it just doesn't feel the same. I've never been the one to like watching it on the telly and stuff and uh, watching these, like, essentially for me, it's like friendlies half the time. Um, like the last minute goal against St Johnston last time, um, brilliant. But the Dundee, Dundee game in the cup, I'd seen a couple of goals and it was just like, hey, we've scored in a League Cup game that shouldn't even be played and we can't be there. Like uh, home and away, I'll be there in person. But when it comes to watching it, it's just not the same. Eh? No, you're right. It is, and I think what I think it's brought to light just that look, the football is the main attraction, but it's not even close to what the day is all about. Right. I don't think, well, I think for me, I've still sort of tried to plan my weekend to make sure that I can watch the football. But Harry, you're probably the case in point. Match day is the day for you. And when Hibs are playing, that, that is it. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's your weekend. And, but I think since this has come around, you, you know what I mean? It, you maybe, your day hangs in the house or while the game's on and stuff like that. And, I never. I maybe check my phone 
twice a half at Easter Road to see how my bet's going on or something. But at, at home, watching it on the telly, you're right. It's, and I think even at the start of the season, it still had that level of, oh, we can stream the games, blah, blah, blah. But it's becoming very tiresome now. And I think the League Cup does have that added. I think especially because of the group stage. And I think, see if we had a little bit more of a, what would you say, glamour game at the weekend, other than fucking Dundee again. Dundee not glamorous enough for you? Nah. I mean, don't get, I'm very much of the give me the shittest team in the hat every round all the way to the final. Like, that, that, see the folks that want hearts in every fucking round of the cup, bro, they need to go and see a oh, thanks. They need to go and see a shrink. But, like, for me, I think the League Cup is a cup, an opportunity that we have to win a cup. And do you think the fact we played Dundee two weeks ago, is that better for Hibs or for Dundee? And the reason I say that is Dundee will probably look much the same. I believe they were a bit depleted by injuries, but we will have no international breaks, etc. this time round, and Dodge won't be suspended. So... Do you think it's more of a case of, well, we've seen Dundee, but they've only seen maybe half our team in person? Or do you think we will play a similarly rotated team again, even though we don't have to this time? To be honest, who knows? I think I think he might go with pretty much the same. I think we'd be silly not to. We need to take it seriously now. You know, we've got a chance of getting, getting to getting far in a cup, so I think he will be looking to take it seriously. I don't think he'll be... I think the players that will play will be there on merit. I don't think he'll just be playing them to get game time. So you think we'll probably see as strong as possible? <clears throat> I think so. I think... I think you need to, to be honest. You know, we, we, need, we need to take cup, cup competition seriously. You know, the disappointment of the Scottish Cup can surely drive us on to do well and achieve achieve good things in this cup. And I think that's what yeah. Jack Ross said. When you get into positions where you are going for success, you will sometimes get hurt. But why should we be scared of getting hurt if we're in good positions to be successful? Absolutely. And I think looking at the fixtures, there's a lot of all championship ties and all lower league ties. So like, it's yeah. definitely an opportunity for Hibs to, to look to do well. Um, personally, I would... I think we'll go full strength or as close to, or whatever he thinks is the best team. I don't think there'll be much rotation because, yeah, we've got St. Johnson on Tuesday, but then it's not like we've got a midweek game following it. We've then got the week off until Motherwell. So I think we'll see a full-strength team against Dundee, and I think we'll put them to bed. I think, like I say, I think the fact that we played them um, two weeks ago will help Hibs. And if anything, probably make us that little bit sharper. We had our scare. We know what Dundee can do albeit they've not had a good season and we ended up beating them 4-1, they had a good spell of 10-15 minutes in that game, so we know what Dundee can do and I think that will ensure that we're on the top of our game because we won't want to be embarrassed. And what what, what are we seeing for score predictions for the for the Dundee game? So we've got all, sorry, me and Greg taking wins against St. Johnson, Harry taking a draw. What are we going for the Dundee game? Are we going to be in a quarter-final when we record next week? Hibs 3, Paul McGowan region. Hmm. I, I think I think three 0 To be honest, I, I can't see us comfortable. Eating, to be honest, against Dundee. I mean, to be fair, it could have been a cricket score the last time if we took the chances, but usually we let them get back into it. But nah, I'm not really overly concerned about it. 
Cool. I just, I think 2 0, it'll just be routine. Routine 2 0, I'll take. Aye, I'll go 4 0 again. Two 4 0 wins on the spin. Yeah, we scored four against them two weeks ago with really breaking sweat and missing plenty of chances, like Greg said. So, aye, see it through and didn't let go our stupid goal. So, I'm taking back to back 4 0 wins, and we are absolutely buzzing next Monday when we come to record. Fingers crossed, but let's be real, it's going to be two wins for the teams in dark blue, but we'll deal with that when the time comes. And moving on, this week's Highway of the Week winner was Absolute Shithouse FC, it was David Marshall. Harry just absolutely going for the, the easy vote. Who gets your vote this week, Harry? You have the honours. Um, It was... Probably man of the match. He's my nonchalant, uh, what do you call it, sitcom protagonist. And it is Mr. Jamie Murphy with his first goal for the club. I thought, again, he just showed his class. Um, looked really good. Bounced back well from the Aberdeen game where he was a bit poor. Um, I I just thought he was excellent. So, Jamie Murphy. It's the obvious high be the week. If you pick either of these two chumps as high be the week, you've got it wrong because I'm correct here and that's it. Obvious again. Sure. Yeah. Right, Dick? Yeah, I'm going to go for Sean Mackey. Done very well coming into the team, physical, put himself about, impressive, and hopefully nailed down that left back spot in, in weeks to come. Well, having. And I know that I've just taken Sean Mackey right off the tip of his tongue, so that's another reason to vote for me. Having, well, no slighted him earlier in the show, but I don't think he'd done anything spectacular against Celtic, but Marciano made some solid saves. And. Hibs are opening up contract negotiations to extend his stay. I said to you at the start of the season, he's the best Hibs goalkeeper in our lifetime. I stick by it. He's done nothing but prove that continuously this season. He's magic and he's my high B of the week nomination. Off your Marciano. Just kept it. Ewan's holding this poll off as long as possible until he signs a new contract. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> No, why Marciano kicks the ball really high and really far, so I'm going to vote for him this week. <laughs> Usual for him. Well, oh no, do you know what? I'll change it. I'm going to say. Nah, you've seen it now. First answer. No, 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 no. I'm going to say that my high view of the week is going to be Martin Boyle after he scored a double against St Johnston on Tuesday night. Oh, so, oh. So we'll right, put, Doctor the, Who. the poll will be out on Tuesday. The poll will we will put the poll out on Tuesday before the game. But I'm going to nominate Martin Boyle for my high B of the week. Foco think it's mad. But the Correct. poll will run all the way up to next Saturday's game, as ever. And let's just see, shall we? Lads. <laughs> That's baffled me like Jesus. Uh, that, that, is, that, that, that is a terrible shout for you, like. Well, you took my, <laughs> Harry took my first choice, you took my second choice, and quite frankly, I was fucking stuck. <laughs> so, and then I, I, think, I think Marciano was the best option at the time. I nearly said that Marciano kept the play cheap. Look, Nisbet's goal was superb, but in fact, here's one. Penalty, Tuesday night, who takes it? Joe Newell. Stevie Mallon takes it from me if he's on the pitch. Paul Hanlon. Paul Hanlon's got rats. Oh, he missed one last season. Shite. Unless he has it was right foot and slices it again. 
Oh, wait there now. I had him on the can about the miss because it was in a cup game, so irrelevant. <laughs> oh, it was the, the, the Scottish Cup. We've just let Goggins take him, run him silent in the net with a ball. So, <laughs> are, are we all in agreement that Kevin Nisbet should not be on penalties now? Two in a row, maybe just needs maybe one off. Think, think, possibly, but it's a difficult one because you don't want to take him off it, and his confidence totally goes. You know, he didn't look confident stepping up to it. Wasn't as usual right in the corner. Well, so I think it was very similar to the one at Kelly. Just the keepers went the right way this time, obviously. Like, no, the one at Kelly. Good save, to be honest, I think it was unlucky. Well, I think it was a good save, but I think just the way he's hit, he's. I think maybe the Kelly keepers moved late. Early, so he's had he's sort of flicked it, but it's sort of trickled into the bottom corner against Kelly. It was a similar sort of strike against Celtic, and I think his Baines went right, uh, went the right way. But for me, I think take him off it if you have an appropriate player on the pitch. If we get a penalty, yeah, I think uh, Joe Newell, Stevie Marlin, um. Probably Jamie, even Jamie Murphy. Um, Just I'm, not Christian Deutsch. Nah, we don't want to see Deutsch. We don't want to see Boyle. Boyle gives me the fear because of the Scottish Cup semi-final. He said he wanted to hit bottom corner. Whoa. And he smacked it and it fucking hit the roof of the net. So, no composure. No for me. You, although, that would be high be the week, eh? But, nah, anyway. <laughs> Just give it to Marciano. Hey... Do you think he could have done better with the penalty at the weekend? Yep. That's not hard, very good, yeah. I thought it was a very good penalty, but it was close to it, but it was a very good Let penalty. And of course, unfortunately, the Hibs women's team got a bit of doing on Friday night by Celtic. Um, it was unbelievably a fairly even game for the first half, despite the team going in 4-1 down. Um, Celtic took the four chances they created, Hibs created four or five and just only took the one. Um, the game finished 6-2, three defeats in a row against our three main title rivals, if you like, this season. I think the less time spent talking about it, the better, purely because I think we are all still happy with the way that the women's team's shaping up. Um, Unfortunately, a bit like what we mentioned earlier about Celtic being able to go out and spend £10 million in January in the men's game, Celtic and Rangers have went out and spent a lot of money this summer on the women's team. And I think it's maybe just a little bit of a learning curve the last three games for, for the Hibs squad. Um, but I'm still confident that we can compete up the top end of the table. And I don't think we should get too worked up or go into too much detail on the back of a big defeat. And hopefully they bounce back next weekend with a solid result. So... Harry, it is Harry's high B quiz. I believe you have a slight change of plan for yes, us. Lads, lads, we thought today because we've taken so long. And we're going to mix up the format. We've got a new format today, boys. We're going to court these guys. We've got a new judge in order. Actually, a big man here, big has has his court. So what's going to happen is that I'm going to give you both a topic to discuss, and you've got to defend your corner. You both get thirty seconds each, and then as judge, I decide. Who's done better in their side of the debate? Do we understand? Yeah, and what's yep. the closing the doors? Five three. Pardon? Uh, five three in favour of Greg. Okay. Um, just quickly, do you want the easy way or do you want the hard way? That's that's the one thing. 
Easy yeah, wear on. Make it hard, I'd imagine. All right, we like it. All right, so, um, Ewan, you have to. You have thirty seconds to state why Hibs should have kept Vikinta Slivka and got rid of Stevie Mallon. Go. No. If 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 you stick with that, then you're just going to lose the rounds, mate. So I'll, I'll I'll can restart that if you want, or because the whole point is just to make it a bit fun. So if you would like to do right. that, I'll get I'll kind right. of we'll If you'd like to yeah. join in, please. Right. <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't mind, you and if you wouldn't mind playing right. the game, we'll that's again. it. We'll start right. again. And no, no, that's fine. Go. McKenna Slavka scores goals in big games. He has scored goals against Celtic and Rangers and also against Rave Rovers in the Scottish Cup, which, as we all know, massive game. Um, Stephen Mallon <laughs> shoots on sight. How many times does he want to shoot on sight and give the ball away? I'm sick fed up him scoring goals, man. Just pass the ball and let someone else have a shot. So, Jesus Christ. Um, he's a passenger and he can't tackle the kind of slug as a baller and scored Ibrox. And we'll stop you there, you, and that was your 30 seconds. Good point. All right, so, Greg, of course, you're going to have to do the flip. Why we were right to get rid of Slivka and why Malin is such a better option. Three, oh, come on. two, one, go. Um, yeah, I never rated Slivka, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he, just, he, he just wasn't good enough. You know, I think we've seen that early on. You know, I think... As good as his goal at Ibrox was, he could have been a little bit better. He could have been a bit further in the corner. Um, Stevie Mallon, I think his stats speak for themselves. You know, 40 yard specialist, and he scores a lot more goals than Slivka does. I'm going to have to stop you there. All right, lads. How hard was that for the parents? I should message Vikinta Slivka and apologise for that. It's Slavka's number one fan and Malin's number one fan. You're a bad man, Harry McArthur. Oh, God. All right, so I think you both got off to a good start there. But in this one specifically, I can't do half points because I think there's only three points available because there's only three rounds to this one. So just out of the pettiness of you and not playing game first time round, we're going to have to give the point to Greg. So unlucky oh. you and your one little down. I thought you liked pettiness. <laughs> I, I like pettiness, but I don't like stubbornness. And that was a bit stubborn <laughs> for Malik. But anyway, all right, all right. So we're, we're going to go. This one's tricky. I don't know who this is going to hurt more. But, Ewan, you have to say why, by the time he leaves the club, Kevin Nisbet will be a bigger Hibs legend than Lee Griffiths as a cult hero. All right, so three, two, one. Kevin Nisbet will be a bigger Hibs cult hero than Lee Griffiths because he will score more goals. He'll be a Hibs pair permanently. He'll bring us in millions and millions of pounds. He'll leave having taken us to Europe and winning a cup final, not losing and then fucking applauding every single Celtic mink in the stand. Um, Kevin Nisbet is a better player than Lee Griffiths and will have a much better career than Lee Griffiths. Done. With time to spare. Oh my, he had, he had four seconds left on the clock. I, I don't know if I like that or not. We'll soon find out. Anyway, Greg, you have to say why Griffiths, um, from his career as a Hibs player and all the Hibs shithousery he's been up to in his whole career, um, why he is going to be a bigger cult hero than Kevin Isbitt by the time Kevin Isbitt leaves or retires say, uh, from Hibs. So three, two, one. Because nothing says cult hero like getting up the Hibs fans at a cold uh, winter's day in Cowden Beef. 
Um, horrific <laughs> performance. Um, I'm a big fan of stealing Lucas Aid myself. Just think, do you know what? Lee Griffiths has got a left foot. Kevin Nisbet's right footed. I'm left footed. I like Griffiths. Um, I like cheese. Also, Griffiths scored the free kick at Tiny. Um, and I'm sorry, Greg, kick. but I'm going to have to cut you off. Um, that is your 30 seconds done. Um, you spent 26 seconds of that slating Lee Griffiths. <laughs> so I'm afraid that's right. the point's going to have to go to you. Um, I didn't really I get it. I was having a, having a good laugh at his expense, <laughs> the, the decisions. And you made me love Lee Griffiths, but hey ho. <laughs> No, just to say, I do love both Lee Griffiths and this, but you were both correct. But just with the fact that it did come across to me as a bit, you wish you had this bit. All right, so as, as I'm Harry, and it's technically a Harry Hybe quiz, we're going to have to keep it a bit silly. So the final question, you, one of you can jump in and say, so you know the game Knuckles? Yep. Um, so the game Knuckles, but instead of playing Knuckles, you're playing Shins with Ryan Porteous, or... You go into a boxing match with Marciano. So just before we go in, just to clarify the shins game. Yep, you you go into fifty fifties and you play until either someone's shin is broken or there's blood. Or yep. someone gives up. I'll take uh boxing with Marciano. Three, two, one. I've got a bit of a ball heed, so you come out, punch, flap, and it. <laughs> Um, he's done a lot of great work with uh, Craig Sampson this year and has looked a lot more commanding under um, under the high ball. Uh, well, there was one instance against Celtic at the weekend where he completely flapped and missed. And he'd be too interested in looking good on the camera, just like his TV saves. So he'd be too defensive and be shielding his face to look good on TV. So I'd be able to get plenty of body shots in. And I, I like 29.51 seconds. That was a beautiful beautiful ending there, you, and you knew what you were doing. Right, so, Greg, you have to debate why you would rather go into a game of shins against Ryan Porteous. Three, two, one. Well, I can't really feel my shins anymore, to be honest, especially the left <laughs> shin. Bearing <laughs> below the knee, I can't really feel it. So, I could go on in. He could be booting away at me, and I can't really feel a thing. Um, Ryan Porteous used to be taught a lesson on how to defend. I'm the guy. Um, <laughs> I'm a ball playing centre half. He isn't, and, and I will shin the shit out of him and prove that to him that I'm the better defender than he is. <laughs> shin the shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, lads. It was it was a very close game, and if it wasn't the only question I had left, I would genuinely go to a tiebreaker because it is very close. You both gave good answers. You must have but, another one tucked in there. You've always got one. No, 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 no. For this format, I'm trying not to do split. So <laughs> I'm going to be harsh, and just on the basis that he made me giggle slightly more. Greg's got a three point advantage now going oh, into really? next. Sorry, mate, he said he said he would shin the shit out of Ryan Fortress. Oh, I think that's an excellent idea, to be honest. So, Greg, congratulations. You're now 6-3 up. Ewan genuinely looks devastated, so he's going to have to come on the comeback trail now. That's the joint biggest deficit we've had this season. But thank you very much for the new format of the Harry High B quiz. Let us know what you think, if you prefer the new version to the old version. We'd love to know. So, Pleasure the new version as well as the old one. We'd just like to add that. You can get it as if there's no like another 30 of these to go before the end of the season. <laughs> I'm not angry, I'm just 
disappointed. Head and hands moment for the big man. Eh? Uh, it is what it is. Eh? And, and of course, we've got our November campaign still ongoing. Uh, we are fast approaching the £3,000 mark raised alongside Hibs Talk and Long Bangers. Um, we posted our photos up on Monday morning. We're into the last week of November. When is the 1st of December? Is it next Monday, is it? Aye. Next Tuesday, Monday? is it? Tuesday. So we've got until Tuesday, the 1st of December. Today's, well, I'm sure you'll be able to donate after that, but today's as much money as possible. It'd be amazing if we can get over the 3000 part. Maybe maybe even before this podcast is released on uh, Tuesday morning prior to this and Johnson game. But I think just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's donated. Um, I think the guys over at Hibs Talk have done an amazing job and obviously the guys at Long Bangers as well. And we're certainly doing our part. Harry, you personally are above the £300 mark. Um, yes, thank you to everyone that's donated. And just, it's an amazing cause. And please hit, check our Twitter page. You'll find the links if you wish to donate. Um, every, pen, every penny, every pound helps, done it really. And you can gift aid on it as well, which, which is great. So thanks a lot. And that pretty much wraps up this week's podcast. So Harry, Greg, thanks for joining us again. Hopefully pleasure. hopefully Harry's entirely wrong. Hopefully we get three points on Tuesday night against St. Johnston. It's not a snooze fest win against Dundee. Hopefully it's convincing. And hopefully we're back next week in the quarterfinal league cup, maybe even sitting third in the league as well. So cheers guys. Good night. Bye. Bye.